Welcome to the Leadership School Podcast. I'm your host, leadership and self-care coach, Kyla Kofer. Here at the Leadership School, you'll hear leaders from around the world sharing their stories and expertise on how to lead with balance and integrity. Our goal? Teach you how to be an extraordinary leader. Hey leaders, welcome back. We are here with part two of our conversation with Dar Mayweather. Dar is a professor at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. If you missed part one, make sure and go back and listen to that from last week. But this week we are talking, the second half of our conversation is about his work with diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is how I got to know him. So it's a really powerful conversation, especially if those terms are very unfamiliar to you. It will help lay a baseline for understanding what they mean and what you need to know about them. So please join me in welcoming Dar Mayweather for part two of a fantastic conversation. I really want to talk about DEI with you. Uh Uh-oh. Just briefly, (laughs) for those listening, um, DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I met you at the National Conference of Student Leadership in Orlando last year. And you had this incredible presentation that um, I was just drawn in because that may have been the first official DEI training like that I have done. So that might have been why it was so impactful to me. But um, it really stood out to me. And I was talking to people afterwards. And I was surprised because I just DEI like that's just something I know from the work that I do and all of the reading I do and research. But I was surprised by the amount of people I was telling about your presentation and your workshop. And they were like, what's DEI? And I went, wait, what What do you mean? What's DEI? And they were like, I don't know what that means. So can you describe what that is? And then I, I do want to just talk about it briefly. But you had asked me before we started this whole conversation, what stood out to me about your presentation? Mm. Well, you drew me in from your very first icebreaker. You had pictures of food. It was like ingredients. And you said, well, what's the recipe here? And we would say, oh, it's, you know, apple pie or banana pudding or whatever it was. And um, <laughs> I don't remember the recipes, but we'd see the ingredients have to come up with the, the dessert, right? And then you're like, yeah, that's it. And then we're like, oh, this is fun. And then you go, so what does this have to do with inclusion? And we all went, whoa, <laughs> and just had this moment. It was so good. And hearing people and how they responded, it was so great. And then the way you, like, you presented, this is what diversity means. This is what equity means. This is what inclusion means. And this is why it matters. And this is what important and how you can incorporate this in your work and your life. And uh, I just thought it was really important and valuable. And even if I don't remember all the details, like I remember being there, I remember the conversation, like I remember that it mattered and how I wanted to go and approach things. And and I was like, Dar needs to be at every business in the world, in the country, like sharing this because it's so valuable. And also, I really appreciate it because I'm white, you're black, but I really appreciated that you were like, I understand when I walk into a room full of white people that they've probably never read a book by a black author. And I was like, have I read books by black authors? Mm. Like, I had to really think about it, you know, and I've just read books. I might not even know who the author was or what culture they come from. And it was just interesting. It made me think like, that's probably not something I think about. Oh, that's my privilege. Like you just really like pointed that out to me in a really compassionate way. And I appreciated that because I don't think it's fair that you have to be the one to do that. But because you're doing that, you're a lot and you're being compassionate about it. It's allowing me the space that I need to reflect and be be better. So um, thank you for that great uh, presentation. But can you explain a little bit more about diversity, equity, inclusion, and just uh, your work that you do there? 
Yeah, I, th- I think, well, I, one, I want to just start with where I started in the journey. Um, 19 years old, I microaggressed somebody who could have fired me. And instead, they sent me, uh, they allowed me to learn from training, from RA training, how I could be better and follow up with me and allow me to follow up with them to be able to grow myself and go on the, the on the, the journey, right, of understanding inclusion, diversity and equity. Um, and because they allowed me to go on that journey without shaming me, without guilting me, um, I've been able to teach over 50,000 students, staff and faculty about inclusion across the country in four different countries. Um, and that's what, stu- that's what inclusion can do for our careers. So I, I want students to hear that. Um, I want faculty and staff to hear that, um, that inclusion, when we practice it, when we try to lead within it, grants us more opportunity than not, right? And so I want to first start with that. Um, diversity, so DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, I don't consider myself an expert. And so uh, I consider myself somebody who um, got opportunities to lead within diversity, equity, inclusion spaces. And those opportunities really were me not understanding exactly what I was reading <laughs> or what I was teaching, but allowing me to reflect on the stories that I can think about of my own life of when I did it right and when I did it wrong and share those stories with students. And that's what provided them the transformation, right? It's not, it's not the activity. It's not the article. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's personal stories. Mm-hmm. Stories transform things. And, yes. And for folks who are listening, right? Like, Knowing your story can be the difference between you creating inclusive space and you creating exclusive space. Right. And so I understand my story and my story started where I wasn't perfect. Um, but I come from a very religious background. One that, that I, I understand that everybody under God to me is equal. And so I always had the mixed feeling about what I've learned about like same sex marriage, uh, homosexuality, a, a lot, actually a lot of stuff, right? I always had this conflict. Uh, but it wasn't until I had that moment where I was a leader, where people were expecting me to be a leader, expecting me to understand this stuff. And I show up in my own bias and I wasn't the leader that I thought I was, right? And somebody helped me really see that in that moment. To really help me see, like, oh, I need to do some soul search and some change. That led to me then volunteering and all these things. And so I think for folks who are wanting to see themselves transform and understanding of DEI, you have to give yourself to the space that DEI is in. <laughs> okay. It, it could be a train the trainer experience. It could be a diversity committee. It could be multiple you know, diversity initiatives in your community, in your campus, in your organization. It can be you trying to create a diversity initiative in the, within your, the transformation doesn't happen by reading. It doesn't happen by going to webinars. Right? Reading the next, picking up more books. Yeah. Like, it, cool. You learned a lot. And I think learning is important to transformation. But it doesn't happen when you want it to happen, when you're just reading. 
Well, and and you had mentioned too that like there's different levels, right? So yeah. like, because at some point we're always just kind of on this journey, right? And growing at different levels. How do we kind of assess where we are with our own understanding and our own actions mm-hmm. of diversity and equity? And I don't know which word to use, but where do you understand like where you are and where you need to go? Like not beating yourself up because you're further ahead than you think, right? Yeah, so some people are. I don't. I can't claim that. Yes, all people yes, are, yes, yes. Right? Like, I, <laughs> like I, I'm saying know? that there's the both. Where? How do you? How do you like understand where you are, and and where you need to go? Um, versus going like, oh, I'm yes, I'm further ahead, or I'm not further ahead, or where do I, you know, or I haven't even started, or this doesn't even matter to me. Like, why is this even important? Like, how do you encourage other people to understand that it is important? You know, if you're the only person in a room, um who understands that it's important to be diverse and have a diverse community to include others um, to have equal pay, like those things. Um, if you're the only person in that room, how do you even begin to, you're changing yourself, but you can't like force somebody else to have that same opinion in your office and your, your job. I mean, how do you start creating that change in your small community? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of questions there. <laughs> yeah, no, they, these these are this is what these are the million dollar questions that everybody has, um, and they're not simple. And I think the first thing that we need to realize is it's it is simple. It's not easy, actually, right? So simply, simply put, accept all people. Is that easy to do? Absolutely not. Um, and so let me let me kind of go back. I remember uh, Jeff Daniels in the newsroom. Right. And this is opening scene. And he's they asking, how is America the greatest country in the world? Right. And the other moderators, uh, the other panelists are answering the question and get to him. Will McAvoy. Right. He's a news anchor. And he says, we're not. And he ends the, the, the monologue with you can't address a problem when you don't recognize that there is one or something like that. Right. And so oftentimes I think we're operating under this idea that everybody feels like they accept, they're accepted, that everybody feels like they belong and that nothing that I can do or say will negatively impact someone in some way. Or I can hide behind the idea that I was just joking, that it wasn't nothing impactful. It wasn't meaningful. I don't really feel like that. And that's what we've been doing as a society. So now bring us to, to your question, right? How do we then assess ourselves? We start with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's simple. It's simple, like you said. Very simple. It's not easy. You know, I grew up on, um, well, I didn't grow up on this, but I know children today who are in colleges now, students who are you know, in colleges now, they all got participation trophies. They all got first place winner, right? And so they all believe now that they are special at the same thing that everybody else is special at, right? And they deserve the same only when it's good, right? But when it's bad, then it's an isolated incident. And so we need to warp our minds around this idea that everything is systematic. Everything is intentional. Everything is set up in the way that it's supposed to be working. So gender inequality and pay, that's set up the way it's supposed to be set up, right? And we need to recognize that the system allowed that, right? It's the institutions within the system accept it. And then people who lead within the institutions allow it, right? Then 
how we assess ourselves is then we understand our identities. How do we show up? Right. Is it in our privileged experiences? Is it in our marginalized experiences? What is our role in that space? Is it our role to be to lean into our marginalized experiences, to tell others and share others that experience and what it's like? Or is it for us to be in our privilege and help people on the other side? We need to know that. In order to do that, we need to understand what biases we have within the identity groups, right? How do we know what biases we have? We have to think about our experiences, right? And so I know when I walk into a classroom of mostly white students, my black identity just feels salient. Like it feels more salient than my male identity, than my husband identity, than my father identity, than even my faculty identity. I feel like a black person, right? And so what does that then mean to me? What am I comfortable with? What am I uncomfortable with? What have I seen that brought me pain? What have I seen that brought me joy through this identity in this context? We don't do that enough. And then we don't practice that skill in multiple spaces. And so now you end up in the Thanksgiving dinner as the white ally with the uncle or auntie or grandma, grandpa, whoever, who don't like all people of color. And you don't even know how to address it because you've never thought about your feelings as it relates to the topic in the first place outside of that conversation, right? You need to take the time to actually do the work. And that's why I say when you get yourself into a diversity initiative, it forces you to do the work, right? To understand because otherwise you're not going to actually take the time to prepare for the conversation with uncle or auntie, whoever at grant at the, the dinner table because you don't have time. You're not. And, and it's too scary. It's not, it, it it's too scary because you feel like you'll just lose the relationship. Something will lose something. You don't have the facts that you need. You don't have the experience that you need to be able to say, well, that's actually not true. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> and I think you're, you're getting to the point of, I think a last piece of that is, accepting the values that you have and then and rejecting the values that you have of other people from other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so your scariness is rooted in values that you've gained from other people that also are scary as it relates to that conversation. And if your values were rooted in actually voicing your opinion, even if it is in um, to the detriment of a relationship, then your values allow for you to validate the reason why that relationship shouldn't be as critical in your life. But when you're not holding on to your values and you're holding on to the values of other people, your parents or your grandparents, aunties, or whoever, right? Teachers, then you show up in fear. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're like super challenging. me right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't even know if I have any more questions because I have to like process everything you just said and think about it for myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, how many times have I been that person? And it just finished the holidays. So I can probably start counting <laughs> like <laughs> it is hard. And, um, and I think this is a really important challenge to just uh, really reflect on, um, on those values, yeah. um, what matters and, yeah. and the, the care that we have for other people, like how does that show up, you know? 
Hey there, leaders. Kyla here. Thank you so much for listening. You know, if you like this show and you want to support us, we have just opened up our Patreon page. So you can go check it out at patreon.com forward slash leadership school. For just $6.50 a month, you're going to get all of the episodes completely ad free. So as we add paid sponsors going forward, the show is growing. We are going to do ad free for all Patreon supporters, but also the best part is that you're going to get the bonus role. So after the interview, we usually keep the conversation going for just a few minutes. And this tends to be the richest part of the conversation. And I often think, you know, I really wish my guests could have heard this part. So I'm going to just keep the camera and the microphone rolling. And then I want to share that part of the conversation. It's still like, it's not the interview, but it's still the rich conversation with these incredible guests. I'm going to share that conversation with you on the Patreon page. So if you're really loving this podcast, we'd really love to continue to support you on your leadership journey. So definitely check us out at patreon.com forward slash leadership school. And thanks again for just being so invested in your leadership journey. For folks who are listening, again, I don't want to make this about what I know and what I think and what I'm, I'm a person who have had a lot of conversations with people about my own biases. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think I want to say that to people as well. It's like, you can have these conversations too. If you really want to be better, you have to allow yourself the space, the time to have the conversations with people who you believe can grow you, that can develop you. And that might not be the person who you are the most comfortable with or it might not be the person that you have the current best relationship with, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a great relationship with that person. You know, and I'm I glad you said comfort because I was thinking like it's even if it's uncomfortable, like it's going to be uncomfortable. If you've not had these conversations before, the first 20 of them are going to be awkward and challenging yeah. and hard. And, um, but it's worth that awkwardness. And if you say like, you can always say in a conversation, like, I care about this relationship, or I understand this might be awkward. Like, let's push through the awkward. I had to say that recently about something else. I said, this is really awkward to say, but I need to say it. And the person said, oh, it's not awkward to me at all. Like, that makes perfect sense. And I went, oh, thank goodness, (laughs) because it felt uncomfortable. But if you say that, like, and acknowledge it, it, it does take away out some of that. And then the other person can understand, like, we're both we're both probably feeling a little uncomfortable saying this right now, but we're, we care about each other and we care about the topic enough that we're willing to, to have the awkward conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't, we don't get one, we don't get better at that conversation by being silent Two, you don't just start that conversation at day one and you're not just an expert at it. Right. It, <laughs> it takes. You said that you oh weren't at day one. You weren't the expert. Like, I mean, and here you are, you, you train all over the world on this now. So this inclusion has allowed for me, which is again, different in diversity, different in equity. Inclusion has allowed for me to actually be myself. It has allowed for me to be like, wow, one, I need to accept my quirkiness, the stuff that might be weird to other people that I do, that I say how I am. Um, and also then it allowed for me to re- understand that other people have quirkiness that comes from somewhere, whether they accepted it or not. And it's not their fault, right? Like, um, when, when people have anger issues, like I look at children, look, we can learn a lot from like elementary school teachers, right? Especially the good ones. <laughs> When we can learn have, a lot from the bad ones too. I mean, well, yes, right. <laughs> yeah. 
when children have anger issues, we can say they're a bad child or we can say that the, there's a problem that's rooted in something deeper. Right. So the same that when we're thinking about inclusion, when we think about exclusion, when we think about somebody oppressing somebody else. We can say that person is a, a negative, terrible individual. They don't need to be a part of our community. Or we can take accountability for the systems in which our community operates in that allows for these behaviors to perpetuate on children, on youth, on teens that become college students, that become adults, that then don't give a damn about inclusion. But it started well before they even knew they even had an opportunity or ability to say they don't care. Right. We need to be more accountable to the system and the institutions that create these ideologies, not these individuals who carry out what the system has been carrying out for a long time. And and acknowledging our part in that and creating that, like those systems weren't created. Uh, it's not just like some thing out there that just happened, you know, like in, it, the system is created by individuals making decisions with other individuals. And like you said earlier, perpetuating those decisions, like one decision after another and the other people accepting them. And so what is our role in creating that and accepting that? What have we accepted? If people push back against them, things don't happen, right? Like we've seen that people push against something and don't vote for it. Like it's not going forward. But how have we allowed those things to happen? And what haven't we stood up against? And honestly, we can't stand up against everything. Like you can't, you can't fight all day long. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't do that. You have to choose what your values are, because when we're all choosing that, we will all work towards good things, you know? Uh, Yeah. I think the last thing a part about that is like when you're doing inclusion work or you're doing diversity, equity, inclusion. One, you need to know the difference between the three. Which one of the three makes you feel joy, right? That makes you feel like your cup's full. So when I think about diversity, right, it's just difference. It's just we have a different community. We have differences in the community. We have different type of people in the community, right? And if that's what you want to do to recruit, to bring different type of people to the community, cool, do that. When you have inclusion, we talk about belonging, Right. And so we're talking about making people feel like they can be a part of all the processes that influence the work that we do. Right. And so that that is not just professional work. That's also social. That's also feeling like you are a part of a community that sees you. Right. And that it wants to honor the differences that we have in that. So that's experiencing culture. That's experiencing different heritage and traditions. Right. Or allowing for those traditions to be come into the space. So if you want to do that, do that. That's what brings me joy, actually. Right. It was like, because one, I love experiencing people's culture. I teach a lot of international students and those students are amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the, the history that they bring to our classrooms when they tell us about themselves, it's amazing. Right. So I do inclusion work. So that's why I know inclusive leadership is my space. Equity is all about helping folks um, give back what might have been taken, right? Whether that's power, whether that's money, whether that's resources. If somebody's not gaining, we're not doing equity, right? Especially when I say somebody, I mean like somebody that's or groups from marginalized, underrepresented, undersupported identity, right? And that, that could be a lot of different things in a lot of different community contexts, but the reality is if we're not giving power, space, land, resources, money, we're not doing equity, we're not doing equity. But if that's your fight, right, 
You want to make sure people have policies in place to ensure that they get the space and time and resources that they deserve. Do it. Do it hard. Right. Contribute your space to it. That's that is all important stuff. Right. And we all have different ways that we fight the fight. Right. But you got to do something. And that's what I want for folks. Don't sit by and, and, and not do anything, but and but attend to it. Like honor it, right? Like every, I believe everybody was is on this earth intentionally. And so if we don't honor the the belief that we have of what we should be giving as it relates to this part of leadership, right? Because I, I believe that it is a part of it. Um, then are we really truly living a purpose for students, right? Especially the oh, especially the students. Because we know that this generation is more socially aware than many other generations. And so how are we empowering students to get out there and do something, right? To be a part of the change versus just reading about it, right? Tweeting about it, (laughs) Instagramming about it or whatever. Being in it and actually doing it and doing the work and being the person that shows up every day in a positive way and and not to your detriment. I'm always I'm always really clear about that just because of my own experiences of feeling like I had to always give and never receive mm-hmm. and I was it was my life was like always for service, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a that a healthy balance in that. Like you need to do those things but not at your own expense either. Like you're you're part of those people that you're serving. <laughs> like that's part of you. You you are included in that um of doing those things. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's so good. Dar, this has been so amazing. Um, I'm and I'm thinking I might actually split this into two conversations, like our first conversation <laughs> about leadership and our second conversation about DEI, because I just think that it was so powerful, like it deserves its own space. So typically, I have longer episodes, but I might split these up into two because I just I, th- I think this was a really really powerful and and beautiful conversation. I'm just really grateful. Thank you so mm. much. Um, how if someone wants to follow up with you, learn more from you, have you come to speak? Um, how can we reach you? All this will be in the show notes, of course. But yeah. Um, I'd love to hear from you. How can we get in touch with you? Um, people can reach out to me at info at doing the good work.com. Um, also, you can get a freebie. You know, uh, I share a lot of the work that I do. Right now, I have an inclusive leadership activity book that folks can get for free. Um, and I also follow up with multiple emails on how you can use that book. It has facilitation guides, it has multiple activities, and also has a framework in which that you can use to kind of create curriculum. And so uh, it's doingthegoodwork.com backslash free book, doingthegoodwork.com backslash free book. And then uh, they'll send you um, that email and also you'll get multiple instructions on how to use or how to actually create activities on your own. Right. If you can't afford to bring an amazing speaker like myself, um, (laughs) then, you know, I think. But afford it. Find a way. (laughs) well, Well, Yes. And also find a way to really impact the students with this work, because that's what's most important. We all have a role, right? We all have a role. And for faculty and staff, you can do a five to 10 minute activity for students, student leaders, especially folks who have positions in orgs. You can do the five to 10 minute activity before the before the meeting. Right. And you do that five times, 10 times over the year. How much change can you actually create? A lot. And when people are, their minds are starting to just shift slowly, like, you know, you've got that slow mind shift. I remember, cause I grew up as well in a very religious community and 
I um, thought that LGBTQ, like that God loves you, but it's still wrong. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things, it was very, very confusing. And I remember the transition for me, my belief in that and, and my acceptance there, it was not like I woke up one morning and I was like, Oh, everything's okay. Like because of all the messages that I'd grown up with. Right. And I had to filter through all of those before I could get through it. It's like, I don't know, wading through a swamp and you've got to like get through it to get to the other side. And it's kind of a slow process, but you get there, you know? And so, but by introducing those things a little at a time, people can start to make those small mindset shifts, which ultimately could really change the world in just little, little pieces because change is a process. So yeah, Dar, thank you so much. This has really been fantastic. I, I'm really, really grateful and, and, and just learning for myself too, you know, and it is always a journey and a process and I'm just really grateful for your willingness to have the conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. And hey, uh, for folks who are listening, reach out at info at doing the good work. Dar Mayweather, I am here. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you've liked what you heard and you want some more tools and resources to help you on your journey, go check out kylacofer.com forward slash free stuff.